0: You have to spell it out and you have to tell it like it is. This is a deeply criminal state, which should never be allowed to get away with this. It's not only accountable, it's punishable. The
1: Electronic Intifada.
2: The Electronic Intifada.
1: The Electronic Intifada.
2: This is the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman.
1: And I'm Asa Win Stanley.
2: And welcome back to the Electronic Intifada podcast. I'm Nora barrows Friedman with Asa Wynn Stanley, and we have a fantastic episode for you today.
1: Yeah, we've just filmed an interview about, with with two Palestinian doctors, medical doctors, um, and uh, it went really well, I think. Nora, how do you think it went?
2: Absolutely, I mean, I think, so when we talk about You know, Israel's uh, vaccine apartheid, um, which is happening right now um, and has been, you know, Israel denying Palestinians under its military occupation um, access to the vaccines um, and blaming them for their own health outcomes. Of course, Israel being the occupying power and obliged to follow the Geneva Conventions and all international laws that pertain. you know, it's uh, it's important to, to to really expose Israel for what it is, and um, you know, you'll hear Dr. Hada Karmi um, talk about the um, you know how how important it is to uh, to understand Israel as a, a, a colonial apartheid state, and so everything that Israel says it's doing, you know, oh, we're a vaccine leader, we're we are, you know, the the startup nation, um, you know, using all this wonderful technology to inoculate our citizens, um, uh, it's important to understand that that, that is an a, a essential um, public relations campaign um, meant to distract the world from the crimes that Israel takes part in every day as a settler colony state.
1: Um, yeah, Yeah. 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 It's like when South Africa used to say that it was sort of bringing civilization to africa right because um, people are so much you know, better off right <laughs> yeah apartheid yeah, the apartheid, yeah. the apartheid uh, white supremacist government of south africa you know presented itself as this bulwark against communism and right. you know as outpost of civilization amongst the so called savages and um israel portrays itself in very much the same way and yeah. it's it's um <laughs> attitude towards uh The vaccine is another illustration of that, and it's a really stark illustration of Israeli apartheid. Yeah, Um, yeah, uh, and Israeli prime, former Israeli prime minister Ehud Barak, you know, from the supposedly left-wing Israeli Labour Party, um, used to refer to. Israel as uh, a villa in the jungle, you know. Right. So presumably, you know, in this analogy, the Arabs are these wild animals or, you know, naked savages um, amongst this sort of colonial villa in the jungle. And that, that's that's Israel.
2: Right. And um, that's been so, normalized. Shockingly that, racist, just disgusting colonial, um, you know, uh, smear campaign against Palestinians is, is very normal. Um, yeah. And-
1: it's, 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 a really, it's, it's a really, I mean, I think it's so it has opened a lot of people's eyes. I think, yeah, I mean, you'll see uh, viewers will you'll see in the, the interview now, um, with uh, Dr. Radha talking about how you know how Israel is still not held accountable right. for these crimes and is, does get away with all these things of what we need to do to try and change that. Yeah. Uh, but I think on the popular level, this situation is really stark. You know, yeah. you've got a situation where um Israel claims, oh, we're we are we're occupying all our citizens, we're we're um vaccinating <laughs> vaccinating all our citizens. Um but the reality is that you know you've got about roughly six million uh, Israeli Jews and uh you know roughly six and a half million Palestinian Arabs living in historic Palestine between between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. Um, you know, roughly more or less equal in terms of population numbers, um, you know, maybe a little more on the Palestinian side. It, it's it's a little, it's, it's you know, it's all very, it's a little bit uncertain, the exact yeah. figures, because these are obfuscated by the Israelis Israeli regime. But more or less, it's roughly 50-50. Um, and yet 5 million Palestinians living in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, you know, the vast majority of Palestinians have absolutely no entitlement to vaccines from the government that rules their destinies, the Israeli government, you know, the Israeli Uh occupation government. Uh Um, And it's a really stark illustration of um, what we mean when we say apartheid.
2: Um, I'm really excited that we also got to talk to Dr. Osama Tanous. He's a physician based in Haifa. um, And he talks about the, um, you know, the machinations of uh, Israel's apartheid um you know uh, in in vaccine apartheid medical apartheid and how it also further's uh the settler colonial state um and and it, it just absolutely um essential analysis from both Dr Rada uh, and Dr Osama
1: this is the second cost with a- a video version available on YouTube um, and yeah we've had a lot of good feedback with it so far still a learning process for us so you know <laughs> forgive any sort Bear of uh, <laughs> any rough edges that we have um, uh, but yeah seriously subscribing to our YouTube channel you know helps helps with the algorithm basically yeah. you know these Silicon Valley companies have got really um, You know, obtuse algorithms—they're all a bit of a mystery, and we don't know how. You know, they dominate our destinies in lots of ways, right? So, if you if you interact with this video, comment on it, um, like the video, and subscribe to our channel, it will help to grow our readership and viewership. So, thanks very much.
2: Thank you. Welcome back to the Electronic Intifada podcast, I'm Nora Barrows-Friedman in California.
1: And I'm Mason in Stanley in London.
2: Let's get right into it. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Israel's vaccine apartheid and how occupation and colonialism impacts not just COVID-19 outcomes for Palestinians under occupation, but public health in Palestine overall. Uh, Joining us are two physicians, writers, and experts on public health in Palestine, Dr. Osama Tanous, uh, joining us from Atlanta, and Dr. Khadakarmi in London. Thank you both so much for being with us on the Electronic Intifada podcast.
3: Thank you for having us.
2: So let's start with you, Osama. Um, If you could talk about the facts on the ground in Palestine right now, what does it mean to have five million uh, Palestinians under occupation blocked from uh, getting the vaccine by Israel, while Israel is sending, uh, for example, this week it was revealed, Israel is sending other countries uh, extra vaccines of theirs in exchange for political support. What what does the, paint us a picture of what it looks like right now.
3: Yeah, uh, thank you, Nora. Well, yeah, I think uh, when you ask about Palestine, it's another opportunity to remind our- Audience, that uh, Palestine is a fragmented geographical unit, right? And this really correlates to the whole entire crisis that, you know, when you want to try to define where is the occupied Palestinian territories, where is Israel, where does this start and where does this end? It's all basically, you know, we need to remember uh, that geography and that fragmented geography has been created by the uh, colonial expansion, right, by frontier colonial expansion. So you have, uh, you know, Gaza, which is also artificially created piece of land, created and bordered by the Israeli, you know, uh, expansion in 1948, also the West Bank. And then you have uh, settlements inside the West Bank that kind of have Israeli sovereignty on them and uh, connected to them versus uh, the rest of the West Bank that is uh, an entirely fragmented also geographical piece. without sovereignty on the land right so what we see as palestine and israel palestine is a very fragmented geography with a different healthcare system so while the israeli healthcare system is a kind of strong developed well established uh, also you know to remember that that started before 48 it started as a settler colonial infrastructure to support the colonization of palestine and then it really had you know sovereignty on the ground uh, had the funding and good planning and so on the palestinian healthcare system generally as of the rest of everything in the occupied palestinian territory was a product of of occupation of not having sovereignty on the plan on the land not having import export not being able to really conduct health policies And this is why when we talk about healthcare in Palestine, we talk uh, about a very uh, fragmented and weak healthcare system that compromises also of governmental uh, actors, of uh, non-governmental organizations, of the honorwa, of profit organization, and all of that in a chaotic, you know, mishmash of, you know, of different actors. Who work uh, also on the ground, but you have different shades of accessibility, different kinds of insurances, uh, and uh, you know in Gaza it's completely under siege. So also uh, that weak healthcare system is under the control of Israel basically because it, it cannot import on export, and that is why you have such a huge di- uh, differences in the in the healthcare provision. But that also comes to, uh, to emphasize that Israel is the, uh, has a legal duty to vaccinate the Palestinians. Israel is the occupying power, although you have the Palestinian Authority as a local governing body that kind of uh, has some kind of limited authority in some places of Palestine, it is by no means the ruling body. The ruling body in all of Mandate Historical Palestine is the Israeli occupation. The, The vast majority of the West Bank is Area C, so it's under Israeli direct military control. And according to the Geneva, the 4th Geneva Convention, uh, the ruling, uh, the occupying power has the, uh, the duty to provide health care to the people it occupies. That, of course, is paradoxical when we think about why would an occupier who occupies a population want to deliver healthcare? Why would it want its best if it's really trying to uh, to make it subhuman, to, ocu- to occupy it, to exploit it? That comes because occupation was never meant to be something that is long lasting. Occupation was meant to be, you know, temporary. And that's why you have these laws to allow occupation to be a... Non-sustainable and to be uh, exhausting to the occupying power. This is not the case in Israel. Israel runs a kind of a very easy occupation that doesn't uh, cost it a lot. To the contrary, it uh, benefits it because it has a huge captive market of also workers and markets that consume its goods. And this is why, uh, you know, and and from that, Israel is not fulfilling its duty of providing vaccination to the Palestinians. So if you want to see the facts on the ground, we can see a very well-oiled machine inside the 48 areas inside Israel that runs a massive vaccination campaign. Uh, versus in the uh, Palestinian territories, the occupied Palestinian territories that, uh, that are dependent on Israeli permission, even for, you know, the entrance of COVID tests, of vaccination, of whatnot, of the entire healthcare system, then you have a very chaotic also, we might we need to mention that the p a is being nothing but professional or transparent in that sense, so also how vaccinations are being distributed or to whom they are being uh, distributed and what criteria and so on. Of course, the PA is not a, a, a good model for ruling and it has never really a, paid much attention to the healthcare of its population. It has invested massively on security forces and so on. Of course, security that doesn't provide security to its population and has neglected uh, healthcare. So uh, you have uh, very uh, different landscapes if you're in Israel or Palestine.
1: Yeah. Osama, you've written for the Journal of... Palestinian studies last year about the public health emergency during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And uh, you argued that, quote, the healthcare system, an essential pillar and infrastructural foundation of the settler colonial project is naively imagined as an apolitical neutral sphere Throughout the process, settler militarism, settler symbols and settler domination have continued to be normalized. Could you talk a little bit about that and about how Israel has taken advantage of the pandemic to further its own ends?
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I wrote that, you know, it was in the in the peak of the of the pandemic when Israel has completely militarized and securitized the pandemic. So you saw different actors. First of all, you know, in Israel, it's a heavy militarized country and heavy militarized state. So it's very hard to distinguish, you know, between the civil sphere and the military sphere, because everything, whether it's academia, healthcare. care, uh, uh, you know, everything is very much militarized uh, But when the pandemic had uh, Although Israel has a very, you know uh, As we say, sophisticated healthcare system It really brought in different actors Like the the Israeli intelligence The Shinbeth and the Mossad to, uh, to kind of take over And they were, you know, tracking the patients with COVID They were sitting on, uh, sitting facilities for quarantine And we saw a heavy militarization Of, of the mobilization of the army into the hospital hospitals and into the uh, the towns you know in order to provide the testing centers and vaccination and this is incredibly for the israeli society this is normal because they are mostly you know you have a obligatory military they are part of the military and so on for us palestinians in that healthcare system uh, it was alarming you know to be uh, to see the, the military becoming so normalized as a normal acting uh, body being it uh, you know in our towns inside the hospitals where 20 percent or something of the uh, of the physicians uh, inside the israeli hospitals are palestinians palestinians inside the citizens of israel also regarding nursing and the entire staff so uh, in that and what really struck me is that you had the you know israel was kind of a uh, trying to celebrate its healthcare and it was really celebrated in the new york times in washington post how uh, successful and beautiful this model is where you have palestinian and israelis working hand in hand and so on so like this you know united front but that even was militarized it was described as brothers in arms you know as if like the Both of us are soldiers in the front line of... uh, So the whole description of COVID and fighting COVID became completely militarized. And even Palestinian doctors starting using militarized jargon for describing themselves, you know, as like militant on the front. And that was like really alarming for me. And I really needed to state that, that how these processes, if you're not aware of them, they can really infiltrate you so slowly. And then they become normalized and hyper normalized. So it becomes completely normalcy. Army inside the hospitals, uh, seeing the army not as an occupying army, you know, but as an something uh, a normal uh, actor in the uh, in the management of the of the crisis. Um, So it was really uh, you know important to to stretch that out, and you had it was really surprising even for uh, main main, uh, uh, physicians were kind of. Adapting these uh, symbols uh, quite normally.
2: Radar, I want to bring you in as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about the uh, <laughs> what you what you think about when when you see the incredible Hasbara, the propaganda? Um, program that Israel has rolled out that, that Osama just referred to, um, that it is, you know, the leading, um, you know, force uh, of, you know, vaccinating its, its population, that it's, um, you know, really just uh, top of the line, you know, it's kind of like the, 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 the kind of tech washing of Israel as a startup nation, you know, all these innovations um meanwhile uh, of course um Palestinians aren't able to get the vaccine and um that usually you know when the New York Times or Washington Post talks about it it's usually at the very bottom of the story that oh yeah by the way um you know Israel is not um allowing Palestinians to access the vaccine there was even a, a New York Times article in the last couple of days where the 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 sub headline was critics say what was it it was um yeah, Israel get, gives vaccine to far off allies as Palestinians wait. And the and the subhead was critics say Israel has an obligation to inoculate Palestinians, as though international law was just like a, you know, a a, a critic um, uh, of opinion. Um, talk about what what you're seeing and and what this says about Israel's you know colonialism at this point.
0: Yeah, look. Um, the way to understand the vaccination story uh, is the same way as one understands anything to do with Israel, politically. There is no other way to see it and to understand it. The context is political and everything Israelis do has a political aim Uh, and the vaccination uh, is no different whatsoever because what's happened is that, uh, as we've just heard very ably, I must say from Musama, um, what's happened is that Israel is indeed a world leader. There's no question in the vaccination program for its own citizens, one has to stress. Mm-hmm. It's very far from that for the Palestinians. Um, and what we have here is a, 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 a classic example of apartheid in the medical, in the medical sphere. Um, uh, the fact that um, Israel promotes this and has a very good slick PR operation is not surprising. It's something which we've seen uh, from Israel for decades. Uh, they just apply it to the same thing, only they really apply it to a new field, whatever that might happen to be. Um, uh, you know, the extraordinary thing about all this um, uh, is that the facts which are really shocking. The facts are shocking. The extraordinary thing is is the way uh, that uh, it's accepted. It's accepted in the Western world as somehow that's the way things are. You pointed to the New York York Times article. Of course, there are many, many more that accept um, the subtext behind Israel's success, i.e they don't do anything for the people that they rule, the half of the people they rule, yeah. uh, whom they have, uh, they give nothing to, no rights, no nothing. Um, and what, and what, I, what I think about it is that um, uh, uh, if you look at the facts, you see that Israel has offered the Palestinians a miserable 5,000 vaccine doses. And even that, barely, uh, they held up in the last week, they've held up a consignment of vaccines from the Russians, of the Russian vaccine, uh, held them up for two days, no, given, no reason why, they just, just spite. Um, And And the uh, attitude to the Palestinians under their rule um i don 't like the word occupation. they just simply rule them yeah. uh, the, the, the Palestinians under their, their rule is uh, uh, one of a clear, clear apartheid um now, we know that Palestinians are paying the price uh, because um, nearly two hundred thousand cases have been reported in the Palestinian territory uh. Over 2,000 people have died uh, from COVID. And that is striking, I tell you why, because the precautions taken by the PA in the West Bank and by Hamas in Gaza have been really impressive. They're well aware they don't have the medical facilities because again, again, Israel refuses to supply the Palestinians with a sufficiency of ventilators, of protective clothing, Medication, and the Palestinians know it, and they know they have limited hospital um, capacity, so they had to be pretty careful about public behavior, and they succeeded really in large part because the numbers I'm quoting could have been very, very much larger. So I think we need to acknowledge that and and, and um, uh, you know credit them for it, um, but. but <laughs> The, 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 the um, <laughs> irony here is that Israel is not only behaving in a criminal and in an illegal way, it's also a stupid way to do things. Hmm. If one knows anything about epidemiology and about the way viruses spread, one knows immediately that uh, um, uh, borders, lines, and so on are meaningless now even with the reduction in Palestinian labor from the occupied territories into Israel, even with that, thousands of Palestinian workers cross over into Israel every day and do jobs for right. Israelis. They are a source of infliction. I mean, it's just completely stupid that they, that they deny them. But, um, you know, the over, the overall point uh, that I wish people would, would take from this is, first of all, never to accept what Israel says, because almost certainly one finds it's a tissue of lies and Take the legal argument. We know that the occupied territories are subject to the Geneva Convention, and particularly the force um, to do with healthcare, and that the occupying um, power has the responsibility, the legal responsibility, to provide healthcare, amongst which, uh, 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 which vaccinations are very popular. Now, the Israeli argument is that the uh, uh, Oslo Agreement of 1993 uh, gave the Palestinian Authority the responsibility for the health care of the population. And you know, if you look at it at first side. I mean, read what the Oslo court says superficially, and it it, it seems to be plausible, but of course it's it's not, because you look very carefully, you'll see that the things that it does not apply to are vaccinations Mm. of this order of this magnitude. It might talk about measles or something like this, but not this kind of epidemic. So it's nonsense, the whole thing is nonsense.
2: Mm.
0: I don't want to take up too much time, because I hope people, somebody will ask me a question, but I just wanted to say that, honestly, at the end of the day, the case against Israel is proven over and over again. This is an apartheid state, which is a criminal state, which has committed countless crimes against the Palestinian people. But the question is not whether it has done that. It has evidently done it. The question is, why do people accepted this from israel well well. yeah. why is Israel allowed the impunity that it is to my mind that is the three key, key question uh, about everything to do with israel
3: yeah, may I add uh, some points to the yeah. Thank you, Rada, for uh, the excellent point. I just want to add that you know it's not just uh, the the New York Times or the Washington Post that were celebrating Israel. Even medical journals, you know, like the Lancet, uh, when the Lancet Palestinian Health Alliance published a paper, uh, an opinion saying that Israel has the obligation and the duty to vaccinate Palestinians, they published a really uh, just only can call it ridiculous paper by some Israeli authors, saying that uh, you know Israel has no. No more duty to vaccinate Palestinians than England has to vaccinate Irish, and that ironically Israel has vaccinated more. Yeah, really, and Israel has vaccinated more Arabs than any other Arab state. You know, and uh, and you know the Gaza, Gaza Strip instead of investing in the military budget, you know, Israeli critiquing um, Gaza of overspending on military. They should uh, look for the healthcare system. So all of that is only being allowed to to be celebrated. It is exactly, you know, similar to I was looking like you had similar pieces where Apartheid South Africa was doing the same claims that, you know, Africans in Apartheid South Africa have better outcomes health-wise than Africans in other uh, countries. So the problem is not Apartheid itself, but we should invest in
1: South Africa or so on.
3: So that's a point. But another thing then...
1: Before the dawn of um, of uh, limited self-government in Northern Ireland, Britain did have a responsibility to vaccinate the Irish in Northern Ireland, in the part of occupied, of Ireland that it's still occupied. It absolutely did have a responsibility to do that. Yeah, you know. so I wrote
3: a response to that with an Irish uh, lawyer. We hope it gets published, so we'll see how uh, <laughs> they do that. But uh, and on another point, yeah, you know, Israel uh, tried to be... The, the leader in also vaccinating non-citizens, so uh, it uh, st- it published that it will start vaccinating asylum seekers, refugees, so on, but not Palestinians. So, you know, mm-hmm. it would, uh, and it clearly said that by yeah. the Ministry of Health, that it would vaccinate, uh, you know, you had this asylum seekers from Arithia, Africa, no, mm-hmm. even like people without status, uh, so uh, refugees, asylum seekers, uh, foreign workers, but not Palestinians. And then later on, after a few appeals by human rights uh, uh, groups, uh, it said, okay, so people who, uh, Palestinian workers who work in the settlements or in Israel can get vaccinated, you know, but like, I will vaccinate you only if I can exploit you, right, so you don't uh, uh, infect me. So it's a very twisted, really logic of like hierarchies of uh, of uh, of human value, basically, right? Yeah. And also inside Israel, we need to uh, you know that the Palestinian citizens of Israel, who are twenty percent, have way less vaccination rate than the Jewish uh, uh, cis, uh, population, also due to lack of uh, access to healthcare. So where the uh, the uh, vaccination center were stated in the beginning, now they're more spread out. Uh, but also because of lack of educating and hesitancy, right? So marginalized group really have a uh, mistrust in systems and uh, medical systems. They have vaccine hesitancy. We see it also in the black community in the U.S. where, uh, you know, the, the more uh, hardly hit communities are more uh, hesitant to get vaccinated.
1: Yeah, and in the UK too, black people, you know, a lot of black people don't trust the authorities for, you know, historically. For good reason. For (laughs) a good (laughs) reason, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's very interesting to to hear that the same applies to uh, Palestinian citizens of Israel. Um, And I've heard within East Jerusalem as well. Mm. As well, and of course, some of the communities are unrecognized.
3: So if you look at the Naqab, the desert, mm. most of the, a lot of, uh, of the Bedouin citizens in the Naqab live in unauthorized and un, uh, unrecognized villages yeah. where they don't have any healthcare infrastructure. So, uh, and instead of reaching out to them, uh, you know, Israel just doesn't do that.
0: Can mm. I, may I, Can make I, a,
3: may
0: I make a yeah. Because Usama um, uh, points to, quite rightly, to the launch. I think you'll find, Usama, that it is The Lancet specifically that has done this. And there is a very good reason for that. The editor of The Lancet was put through uh, the most grueling, the cruelest kind of um, uh, reactions from the Zionists because he allowed, I know this story very well, it's very sad, he allowed the publication of a letter decrying the 2014 um, assault on Gaza signed by uh, quite a number of of doctors. Uh, For that, the the Israelis were after him, and he was uh, invited to Israel. He was given the treatment. Since that time, he has been too intimidated, too intimidated to not to toe the line because they got... Eventually, to the publishers of The Lancet who there was a threat to dismiss him from his post so it's a very it's an interesting um, that you mentioned that but that believe me is the reason for why you saw that in The Lancet
2: a few minutes left um, you have to jump on another panel so I just wanted to get your uh, your final thoughts on on the time right now, and how critical it is um, for.
3: I can stay for a bit more. So... Oh,
2: okay, good, 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 good. Um, yeah, if you could talk maybe about just like yeah, how critical it is right now um, for international law to be followed mm. in all aspects of you know Israel's colonialism, obviously, but mm. but um, but specifically around around the vaccination program, and 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 we see. You know, in Gaza, just the um, deteriorate, the deliberate deterioration of the healthcare sector um, because of Israel's violence and, and colonialism. Um, how how have how do physician how are physicians even able to address COVID uh, under? you know, the, the confinement of, of Gaza
3: right now, mm. yeah, Gaza, So right now. Yeah, so I, I've i had, um, you know, the opportunity to work also in, in healthcare in Israel, in the West Bank and in Gaza to to volunteer in mobile clinic in the West Bank and Gaza. So I can kind of have an, an image. And uh, I think in, in in the occupied Palestinian territory, we need to remember, we haven't seen the, the pandemic started later. I think we still, we haven't seen the peak of it uh, uh, by now. And if in the beginning people were really careful and really the the PA did, uh, and Hamas did a good job in in trying to curb the numbers, but, you know, the economical situation is so hard that you you can't simply, uh, and people cannot, uh, these are not jobs that people are working from home uh, with the internet and so on, and the schools are not equipped with uh, also uh, all the digital uh, equipment. Uh, So, uh, we haven't seen the peak. I think of the pandemic. It also hit much later than it did in the in the U.S. and in uh, in Israel. And we need to remember two. Uh, Protective factors, like they are paradoxically, the Palestinian population is way younger than the Israeli or uh, general Western uh, population. And we know that COVID hits much more uh, uh, or kills much more elderly population. And that might explain why the the numbers are uh, yet, you know, not that uh, catastrophic. But still, if we do, we need to do age adjustment to the Israelis and uh, that it doesn't have nursery houses. So we, uh, you know, uh, elderly residencies. Uh, so while and that was some of the hot spots, you know, in New York and in other uh, uh, Western uh, cities. Uh, so I, I definitely think we haven't seen the worst. The worst is, is yet to come. We can see it with an alarming number of positive tests coming. Although you have um, a limited number of testing, testing is, uh, is quite highly positive. Uh, so it's very, uh, and peop- it's a much more uh, morbid uh, uh, society, you know, if we, we if in, in the US people are always talking about pre-existing condition, in Palestine we can generally talk about occupation as a pre-existing condition that makes uh, the, the entire community has much more diabetes and hypertension and heart diseases and lots of other and much more higher percentage of smoking, uh, so it, it's practically very virtually impossible to practice a healthy lifestyle if you are living in a, in a refugee camp, you know, and of course, there's a class element if you're not wealthy, mm-hmm. and so on. So I think we might see an alarming uh, number in the future, in the near future. And that's why it, it's very urgent to, uh, to try to get the vaccine. And, and we know that the vaccine, vac- Israel has more vaccination than, than, uh, than it needs now. And it's trying to, uh, to distribute uh, vaccines, uh, based on uh, these political alliances and political gains to Guatemala or Honduras or, uh, you know, different uh, countries. And that is absolutely ridiculous so it should be definitely uh, held accountable uh, and, uh, and of course uh, each time each moment is is precious and you can think about any workers you're talking about uh, communities that are uh, large families in small houses in crowded cities with no healthcare infrastructure without a lot of uh, abilities to uh, to do social distancing and without water, without proper water sanitation and hygiene, especially in Gaza. So, if you can't practice the preventive measures, you need the vaccination as quick as as possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and Rada, um, what are your thoughts on on where we go from here and how? You know, people listening to this or watching this, um, you know, are are rightly outraged. What? what can can ordinary citizens do at this point
0: yeah yeah good good question um you know one would have thought that uh, israel had reached the bottom in terms of the outrageous things that it's done to the palestinians but I, every time israel takes me by surprise there is still a new low to get to and it i, I my, my view is that this behavior uh, over a, a, a pandemic, which has frightened the whole world, this, this behavior is so unconscionable that uh, I would have thought that people should have been totally outraged um, by it. And the fact that um, this outrage is not um, expressing itself except by the usual suspects. Um, is really very disheartening is all I can say. Nevertheless, uh, nevertheless, we know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with uh, a deeply criminal state. And I never mince my words about this because if you uh, want to do something about it, you have to spell it out and you have to tell it like it is. This is a deeply criminal state which should never be allowed to get away with this. It's not only accountable, it's punishable. It has to be punished for the things that it's done. Now, in order to, to bring that about, it seems to me that people, first of all, have must let the scales fall from their eyes. Every time Israel says anything or does anything, they must understand that this is a political act designed to boost the privileges of one particular group of people, Jewish people, at the expense of everybody else. So they've got to understand that, that is what motivates Israel. Secondly, that it behaves above the law and outside the law, and that is not acceptable for any of us. And thirdly, that the way to deal with all this has to be through action. It can't be through just disapproval and talking and shouting and it's 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 not gonna work. You have to you have to act. And the and the purpose of acting is to make Israel into the outlaw that it is recognized by the whole world. It has to be made into a pariah, exactly as happened with South Africa. Great model for us to follow, and I'm very happy to say we already are, because we have a thriving, successful. BDS movement, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. And I urge everybody who wants to do something to start off at least with joining the movement and working hard for that, and every other way they can think to publicize, expose this criminal state for what it is, they should consider with all the representatives of authority, of government uh, at their disposal.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that's a, a perfect way um, to, to end this discussion. I am so grateful for the work that you both do. Uh, Dr. Khadikarmi, physician, writer, author, scholar, um, and Dr. Asama Tanous, uh, physician, pediatrician, um, and public health uh, writer and scholar as well. Um, thank you both so much for joining us on the electronic and devoted podcast and we'll have uh links to your most recent work um up on the podcast post that accompanies this um yeah Isa, did you did you want to say anything else
1: just thanks for being with us uh today on your sunday afternoon (laughs) um i guess it's Sunday. Morning in Atlanta? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, thank you very much for both being with us today on the Electronic Intervada podcast. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure. Thank
0: you.
2: That's it for the Electronic Intifada podcast. Thanks to Sharif Zakut, our music maker and production assistant. For news information, cultural features and reviews, and pointed opinion and analysis, visit us online at electronicintifada.net, where you can also post comments and sign up for our daily email digest. Follow us on Twitter at Intifada. Radio stations are free to use this podcast, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, support The Electronic Intifada by rating it and leaving a review. On behalf of all of us at The Electronic Intifada, thank you for listening.